be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast so you have access to new content as soon as it comes out. And don't forget to share it so you can be a part of that ripple effect of Go Be Love. And if you're someone who's struggling with the Go Be Love concept, if you're someone sitting at home hurting, think you'd benefit from some coaching, or if you're an organization that's just looking to add chaplains into your workforce, go to gobeloveinc.com and schedule a free 15-minute session with me now. Thank you so much for coming back to another week of Go Be Love podcast. Last week we had Michelle from Michelle's Little Free Pantry and we talked a little bit about how the pantry started and then um, how it kind of grew during the pandemic and just heard her um, her why, really her heart and her why in that. So we have you back again, Michelle. Thank you so much for being here. We are really excited because this episode is really just about you teaching us about what we can do and how we can grow our own, whether it's a pantry or just our resources and our reach of how we can help our community uh, see a need and then fill it. So um, one, what's what's just your number one? So where do we start? What's like the first thing? What does a pantry need to be? An open heart and mind. Because if you look around and you start looking at free pantries, they don't have to look like the same thing ever. I mean, I have one in, at my house in Franklin, and then Christina has hers at her house in Greenwood, and they are nothing alike. And actually, you know, Franklin and Greenwood, um, you know, the population's different. Um, it's almost like two different universes. So it really just depends on what works for you and um, your community. Awesome. So I can essentially take anything that will hold that's weatherproof and will hold some food or goods and start there, right? Yes, I actually was um, given some old newspaper um, boxes that had been retired. And so I had about 10. And so I ended up handing them out. Seven of them became actual pantries. Nice. Um, But then, you know, there are some others in Indy where they've used filing cabinets. Um, Anything that can kind of keep the foods... um, you know, safe from the weather. And not just food, right? I mean, sometimes I see you've got just like toiletries, you've got different, different things that families need. And then Christina had for like coats, um, school supplies, right? So, so the concept of the little free pantry doesn't really, it's not just like food, right? If someone's out there and they have heart and a passion for this thing, it's just about like whatever you can do, right? Yes. Well, and so I want to do everything. And so I've had to kind of, you know, hone in on the things that we can do with just two people. Um, we did have a very extensive um, clothes closet um, that just became um, a lot, just too much work for us, really. And so since we were a food pantry, we went back to focusing on just food. But it, you know, when you get into food, um, it's it food insecurity. Um, it's intersectional. I mean, you're talking about housing, um, you know, clothing, of course, um, transportation, all of those things are intersectional. So it's, it crosses over. So you right. can't kind of leave things out sometimes. Yeah, so as you, you put this pantry out, people are starting to come to it. You start to naturally develop a relationship with those people. And then there were more needs, right, other than just food. And so how did you, how do you address that? And how can we, like... What, did you go to a town hall meeting? What was your first step when you said, I need to be more involved with the community. I need to find more resources. What was your first move? Well, I'm sure that there are people that do a lot of research. 
<laughs> and um, are super knowledgeable about things. Um, I did not do any of those things. I literally just stuck the cabinet outside of my house. And we literally just went by the needs of the people. Um, I mean, because I might think that we need, you know, cereal and I don't know, peanut butter and jelly. I'm just making stuff up. But I have found that that may not exactly be what, you know, people that need assistance, that's what they really need or want. And that's another thing. I think that, um, you know, when you start these things, you know, you're wanting to help people. Um, It's more essential to listen to the people because you might think what's best for them and it may not be. Um, There's a lot of things in poverty that um, we just don't think about. And so we really have to meet those people where they are. For sure. And all poverty looks different depending on who you are, how you're reacting to it, how you're holding it together. So yeah, that was, that's a really good point. I just want to underline before we move on is that our, our natural tendency, right, is to help people in the way that we think we would be helped or the way that we think we want to be, we personally want to be helped. In our mind, that's the best way I can help them. That's what I would want. And so it's hard sometimes to take a step back from that and actually look at this person. What are they saying? What do they actually need, right? And how can I help them in, in the way that they need to be helped? Uh, that's challenging. Even I'm, I feel like I'm one of the biggest empaths, you know, there are. And that's challenging for me too. So I love that point of just understanding and, and listening, right? So beyond any object, beyond food, beyond any help, uh, just the listening ear, the heart is really where we start. So um, what are some ways that you've, because you've, you've made really cool connections. I mean, I've just watched you over the last year and all the different things and, um, you know, guys that have like freezer trucks of food who are, you know, who show up or call you with it, you know, Starbucks, different things. How do you, how do you make those connections? Because I think people think that there's like a system or a way, or you have to have an in, or you have to know a guy who knows a guy. And um, I just, from your personality, I'm thinking that you went about it a different way, right? We are just ourselves and we have no filter. We are transparent about everything that we say and do. And we make mistakes over the time, you know, we absolutely have. But no matter what, um, our message is always the same. It's not about us. It's about helping our community and how best we can help everyone else. Because um, we can have all these ideas of, you know, let's do this fundraiser, let's do this. And it's just, <laughs> I, I'm a very um, outspoken person. And so I think that I'm not saying that that is attractive to people, but people know exactly where they stand with the pantry. And they also know that we are completely judgment free. Um, So anyone can come to us. And so many people that come to us are, like I said before, are at their lowest moment. They just, they feel like they have to explain or prove their situation for them to feel like we're going to say that they're worthy of getting food or not. And um, not that we cut them off, but we have to explain to them something that I've had to understand with my life is nobody owes me anything, you know? Um, and so, you know, these people are trying to, and I know that they have gone to so many different agencies or, um, you know, friends, family yeah, or whatever. Maybe didn't and have the right paperwork. Exactly. Or didn't, yeah. um, and so to have that removed yeah. is so freeing for them. And I think that also builds a lot of trust. Yeah, and, and we've heard 
uh, several guests and in my own experience, the that level of shame that kind of society or you know has put on us, right? That that shameful feeling of like I I failed in some way and right and having to go and ask or go to a, a food shelter or a pantry or or whatever. We've heard and I've experienced it that that we'll suffer for a long, long, long time before we'll turn in that paperwork, before we'll drive to that food pantry, right? Um, before we have to like go in and get a form on a clipboard and fill it out and make sure that we have social security cards and for everyone in the house and the right thing within 30 days. You know, I've been through that whole thing and it's like a whole process and you're already, just for me to drive there, right, is this crazy amount of shame. And um, so one for your pantry and for these little free pantries to just take that away because I can just go up and I don't have to talk to anybody and I can take what my family needs and, and be on my way just takes that completely away and allows that person to really not suffer. Right. Because that family would traditionally suffer days and days before they would go to a normal everyday food pantry, but because you have that, they can go right away. So that, that part of it I think is really cool, but we also need to underline how messed up, right. That, uh, people suffering because of judgment is and just if we could have that open heart that no judgment michelle's little free pantry everyone's welcome no judgment mindset if we could all walk around with that right then it would just give people permission to hurt and give people permission to maybe stumble a little bit and know that financially it's okay to not be on top of the world sometimes right like we all experience that it's okay reach out so that's just a beautiful message and you you're not only your pantry, but all everything you do kind of radiates that. And and you're working on a book right now, right? So tell us a little bit about what that is. And That is just in its infancy stage. And it's interesting that you've brought me here because um, we were basically coming up with the same ideas at the same time. So um, this podcast is just like another version of the book that we're wanting to do. <laughs> so um, over the last four years, of course, we've met so many people um, people we have assisted, people who have, you know, assisted the community and us, um, the relationships that we've built. Um, there are so many friendships that have come out of it and uh, collaborations with the community. Um, so that's what we want to capture. Um, you know, you know, talking about, you know, you know, COVID. Let's just talk about 2020. <laughs> um, but, you know, one of the things I think is so cool about if you can get a silver lining out of 2020 is that all of these people started realizing that, you know, while they were waiting for a stimulus check or whatever, that some of these people couldn't wait. And so um, this whole concept of mutual aid, which was already a thing, they were having to actually live it and um, experience it and do it. And so for it to be carrying out what we were already doing throughout the whole community, um, you know, when the virus still came, first came and everything started shutting down and everybody was panicking and we were panicking. Um, that was probably like the coolest thing because everybody was doing the same thing. And it actually took the weight off of a lot of the pantries, not just ours, sure. uh, like clear across the board. Yeah. So um, that um, yeah, was it, the it is definitely thing. like the flower that grows out of like the fire, right? Is that that sense of community that we have. And it's a great segue into literally the reason why I've had you on both these episodes and um, and why it was important for you to just be able to talk most of it is what I wanted um, because we're get, we're at a point now, right? This is airing after, you know, we're a year plus after the pandemic. And um, so there's a lot of the world is feeling a little bit back to normal, right? And I was alive during, uh, 
you know, 2011 or 2001, September 11th, sorry. And, um, and there was like this awesome boom of like companionship and love and everyone like hugging each other for like 30 days. I remember really intensely and then just gone, you know, it was gone. And I remember the very first couple of days of go be love when we started it, I told the, uh, the few other people who'd come on board at the time that the most important thing for me was that we we serve everyone who needs us now, but we constantly think about how do we keep this going because this should have been happening long before the pandemic. Right. Um, so, and that, and I felt right. There's some guilt for me. Like I, it took a pandemic for me to like get up and make action. You, you did this. And so the important thing that I'm trying to point out with, with this whole drawn out is, um, is the need for us to not necessarily see things going back to normal as an excuse to go back to the way it was, right? And to start doing what you did in 2017 and look out into your community and see the need and how can we start addressing that? How can we build that? How can we get these partnerships and relationships? So when the storm comes again, right, we are just all prepared and ready for it. So that's one of the reasons why I needed you to be here and wanted you to tell your story. And what I, I want to just keep going with how do we do that, right? So we're moving, my family and I are moving. We're moving to a different neighborhood where um, the, a little free pantry is actually needed in that neighborhood wh where we're at wasn't. So over this next couple months, we're going to be going through the journey of starting, right, our own little little pantry on the corner of where we live. So how do we do that and how do people at home do that? What, how do we, do we just walk into a Kroger and say, do you have any leftover stuff I can put in my pantry? I mean, how did you make those connections? Is, was it, is it simply just the boldness of Michelle and, and Christina walking in and saying like, here's what we do. If you want to help, you can. And then you've been just, you know, blessed, you know, to have all these connections. Or? Well, I think that we have been very bold. Um, however, um, we've also listened, you know, like I kind of alluded to earlier, but, um, you can give people food. Anybody can give somebody food. But um, establishing those relationships in your neighborhood um, and social media, you know, it's a double-edged sword, you know. So um, just be present. Um, you just have to stay on top of it because that's literally what people are paying attention to. And um, it's interesting because not only do we put food out there, but we put, you know, um, educational things out there, um, inspirational things. Um, and you just don't know what people are going to pick up on. Um, just so that your audience, that your community knows that you're present and that, um, that somebody's, you know, somebody's listening to their side. Because a lot of the things that, you know, in this universe of mutual aid and everything is that, um, like you said earlier, there's a lot of shame and guilt. Um, and so when we're putting those things out there, um, you're building an atmosphere that makes people feel safe and heard and there's representation and that um, they're okay, that it's okay. And then they find out that there are thousands, millions of people in this country that are going through the same thing as they are. Yeah. Which is, which is amazingly comfortable. Right. And we should just tell people more. I'm hurting. I'm struggling because the comfort that that gives other people, right. The permission that that gives when you when I hear like Mark Phelps, you know, an Olympian who's talks about his depression, it's like, man, you know, I don't know what it is, but it, that makes me feel a little bit better about my depression. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like it's not just me. So. Awareness is the number one, I think, cure for all things. Um, I people think I overshare. 
which we laughed about that earlier, but, <laughs> um, you know, I'm very vocal about mental health, um, about addiction, um, and awareness about that. Um, I'm, you know, the, the housing crisis that we're um, experiencing, um, you know, representation for, you know, BIPOC, you know, people in the community and everything. So I share my personal stories and that's the overshare. I think some people think that I have, but I have been on WIC. I'm still on SNAP benefits. Um, I've, I'm on HIP. I've been on, you know, just mm-hmm. traditional Medicaid. Um, I've had to go to court for child support. My adult daughter who's 22, we had to go through disability and she'll probably be on disability for the rest of her life. So all of these experiences, people assume when you're helping people that they're better or smarter or Michelle must have everything everything together together. or she wouldn't be able to help. Right. Um, I think that, um, it's more, um, I'm more reachable to people because I've experienced all of these things and I'm not well, and the vulnerability of you being vulnerable enough to share that with people, to yeah. be open with them and to, you know, care for them on Just that like level. Just like the farmer's market in Franklin, um, you can use your SNAP benefits and WIC at the farmer's market, but you have to go to a tent and you have to fill out a piece of paper and they give you these tokens. So I actually went and went, I think either I recorded or I went live or something, but I showed them how easy it was and that nobody, if they were judging, it mm-hmm. didn't feel that way. Yeah. I mean, it was a very welcoming yeah. atmosphere. Even though and it then, seemed like a really intense thing. I think you go no in, you. yeah, you go yeah. in with these feelings of shame. It keeps coming up. Um, but I went and did it, and it was painless, and it was so fun, cool. and you can yeah. go and get fresh pr- produce, locally grown produce. I yeah. mean, it was really cool. And you get to be in the community around other people. You can talk about it and talk about it, or you can go live and just get it done, right? When you have the mentality that, like, help, serve, save the world, I want to I wanna help, I want to fix people, that thing that you and I have, right, that weird thing in our head that just says give it all um, to a stranger. How do you know? Because you've talked a lot about, like, handle the things I can handle, you know, don't worry about the rest. So where's that line? And or how do you, I mean, obviously the line's different for everyone, but how do you find that line? And when you find yourself, like, maybe helping a person beyond what you're able to help them, how do you redirect? And, you know, do you, I have found that it's always okay to say that I don't have that resource or I don't know, but I will find someone else who does. Um, that works every single time because there is always someone out there that knows more than you do or and has more than you do. Um, so, you know, just being honest with that, it doesn't mean you're failing by any means. You're actually helping them and the people that are doing that work as well. And that's so cool about this line of work is that for the most part, I don't, we, there's no competition. Um, and so when you start working with people, we're all doing the same thing and we're all wanting the same things. We, we want a better world, period. Um, and for everyone, no matter where they are in their life. That's probably been like um, the most helpful thing. Um, I have issues with setting boundaries, but you know, with all of this comes experience. I realize that I can't let people live with me anymore. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I've done that a couple of times, but I have to be true to myself and my family. So yes, I help the community, I feed the community, and that's where my passion is. But for me, it's a very, this part I've made very black and white because I've had to, is that my children and in my home, is we, we come first, and as long as we're happy, healthy, and safe, 
then the rest of it, you know, is just uh, an extension of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have to keep that line where I can't bring all the stuff in. It's an important, it's that bucket, right? Like the goal with everyone should be to fill your bucket so full that it overflows and you're right, that, that overflow, that ripple effect of that goes out into the community. Um, the danger is when we give so much of our bucket, right, that we don't have enough left over for ourselves or for our family. And, and that is one of the in service, that's just being a year into this for me. Um, that's just been a struggle to figure out and, and also not to eat that. You know, we've had uh, some people say like, oh, I need like cribs for my kids or whatever. And just no matter what I try to do to raise the money, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to do it in the time that I wanted to do it in or should have been able to do it in and to be able to not eat that or let that take away from me. So I know that there's people who are going to start this process and just what do you like, what's your warning to them? I think that um, you have to figure out and it does take a lot of research. Um, there are some things uh, that are systemic. So, you know, feeding someone is one thing. Um, and so like our mission is a 24 hour food access um, and temporary emergency needs. That's our mission. Anything outside of that, if we're able to do that, we're going to. However, there are a lot of things that people need beyond that. Like when I talked about things being intersectional, um, we realized that it's systemic. There are systemic changes that need to be made. And so we are not political. Our organization is not. It can't be. Um, but we need to put awareness out there of the things that are being done legislat- legislatively because that affects, you know, what we do and the people that we serve. So that, for me, helps me say, no, I can't do that. And I think that that's really important if you're going to go into this work, especially if you have a bleeding heart is to set those boundaries and know that for me, like I can't take everyone who needs a home into my house because that's actually a systemic, you know, issue on whatever. There's so many things. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So that I like that. So it's, it's like that bubble of, I am going to serve the community and we're going to do it in this way for you. It's 24 hour food, immediate services, if it's beyond that. So it's also good, I guess, if we're getting started then to go and, and acquire maybe some other local resources. So what's a good way for us to find, like, other resources when people come to us to our 24-hour pantry and they need long-term living or they need maybe mental health or, you know, or the evictions that are coming? You well, know, they I need cannot help take credit for this, but um, I'm on a, a maternal and child um, committee through Healthier Johnson County. And so these are just the collaborations that you build when you are working in your own community, especially since you're moving. Um, These new relationships are really important. Um, So what this committee has done is they put together a whole handbook of local resources. So when people contact me, like you just said, you know, I need a car seat. You just like shuffle through there and you have the numbers that are available. Um, we also found out, you know, in doing this, that we need more resources. Um, so, <laughs> but at least you know what's available. Um, and, you know, and that also teaches your community what is lacking. So, yeah, because you, as you're looking in there and somebody says, I need this resource, and you're like, oh, that's not even a section in our, right? Uh-huh. So, yeah, so I a like lot of that. people just say, you know, um, I need help X, Y, and Z. And they're like, well, go contact this church. Well, um, you know, if you know exactly what everybody is doing, mm-hmm. then um, that's helping serve your community and actually educating. Yeah. So. so that's a big part is just being able to collaborate on stuff. And then, and that's another cool thing that you do that I just want to real quickly tell everybody. 
Michelle, when you, when you find stuff on sale, like uh, hams are half off or whatever, um, uh, baby items, I think was the most recent one I saw. Um, you posted on social media and it's just, it's really cool because everyone's struggling, you know, right now a little bit. And if you can get a $40 ham for $3 and 50 cents, right? Like that's a huge blessing. No matter how you look at that, that's a, that's a windfall, right? Of, yeah. um, so even in that way, like that's just something if you don't have a pantry, if you don't have, you know, that access, just being able to share knowledge and resources is a beautiful thing, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, Christina, I get a lot of credit for all of this stuff, and it is Michelle's Little Free Pantry, and Christina is my other half. Um, however, what you're talking about, these are our community members going out and they're shopping, and they send this to us. And so the power of social media is that we now have over 4,500 followers, which just sounds like a number, but we have our community is very active and engaged and in doing just like that. Um, things like that that pop up or events that are, you know, wonderful resources mm -hmm. for whatever. Um, that's the magic because that's what we have. We've kind of coined it as hashtag pantry magic. There are things that we can do within our community with the power of the community that Christy and I cannot do on our own. Yeah, important. So, yeah, you're, you're not going to be able to do a little free pantry by yourself, right? So that community, like the whole need or desire for you to be serve that community also requires you to then go out and actively be a part a listening ear and the community, community actually is the pantry that's that's the thing I, <laughs> that i love so much because you know like i said earlier you know we can think that we know what we need to do to help our community but our community is one that's kind of driving all of this mm -hmm. yeah. so, so as you listen and and we're giving the need. power to the people yeah awesome <laughs> beautiful so uh one it doesn't have to be anything fancy or special. It can just whatever we'll do, we'll do, right? I mean, it's going to serve its purpose. And two, you don't have to be on top of the world. You and I, we are far from having it all together, right? Um, but it's just that desire to serve and that just finding a platform to be able to give of yourself. And then and then fourth, what I, what I heard that was really important from you is that need for community and that need to like collaborate, work together, and just be a listening ear. And then reacting to what you're hearing instead of just doing what you think is right and listening and doing that. So that's awesome. So we're going to put links to Michelle's Little Free Pantry and her Facebook page. So if you want to follow it and go see what Michelle's doing, you can find her on Facebook. We'll put links on gobeloveinc.com. And uh, then next season what we're going to do is come back and just piggyback on the Michelle's Little Free Pantry concept. And we're going to hear from people all over the world, really, who um, who have done this or, or things similar have just reacted in this moment of fear with love and we're going to dive deeper into that and how you can do that and be a part of the ripple effect know until we talk to you again that you are not alone there are tons of us here who want to carry you until you can walk for yourself so you can go to gobeloveinc.com you can just call the Gobi love number and i will uh, call you back right away so you have someone to talk to but uh, don't do it alone and know that it's okay to hurt until then uh, know that i see you i hear you and i love you be loved